Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of the 505 Podcast. We put it in after. Oh, I thought no, yeah, no. Well. <laughs> I was like, no way. No. Just like all this equipment around, and, and you're just like, hey guys, phone. real quick. We fix it in post. We fix it like, in post. It's like yeah. back in the day when you're making like ringtones on your cell phone or something, and you just like have another song playing. You like record it and yeah. like, yep, try and impress all your friends at school. You're really dating yourself. I know. There. I just really realized I did that. My bad. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, we have a, a really fun. Ge- what, what, what? I'm thrown off right now. Why? Where have you been? I've been in a... <laughs> we had two episodes without I Braden. I know. It was weird. He came was, back for this one. Yeah. It's, that's what it was. I flew back in here from yeah. uh, from this private island that yeah. I was at, and Damn. we just came back just for Evan to knock so, his podcast. Yeah. Me and Chase have been wondering where Chase is, or where Braden's been, because he's been gone the last two podcasts, and he's been on, like, telling us he's with, like, James Bond on some island. I'm like, is my roommate a secret I don't know. agent? Or I don't know. I did see... Uh, James Bond. He's a good guy. Yeah, I, saw, I saw him. I saw wow. him. We walked right by each other on the beach and I just you did the head those. No, no talking. Uh-uh. Just, just right there. And, and he knew it. He knew yeah, it. So yeah. He knew it. He knew it. He knew you're, looking, you're looking real tan these days. Got I was going to say, color. he is pretty tan. Uh, I've been in the bed tans. Oh, no, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I can tell. That definitely looks like a spray one. No way. <laughs> you can't tell you, on the camera. You'd be, you be, you be just, 11. Man. I just want to let you know, guys, that is definitely 100% a spray tan. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm excited to be back, though, because we haven't had a guest in, in a minute. In a minute, yeah. right? And this is a really special one because we have a good friend of the podcast. Um, he is an incredible, incredible product photography person. And he is an amazing creator. I, that just didn't fucking flow. And I want to go back. <laughs> and photography, product photography person? You know what? What was that? Product He's photography a, person. That's what, that's put, what that put, says put, it on my put, business put card. Put that on your bio. Put it, that in your bio. Hey, I'm Evan. I'm a product photography person. <laughs> he, is, he is an amazing creator. He crushes TikTok and social media. He's just a beast of a person overall. He, we've known each other for a really long time. Evan Tanaka, welcome to the podcast. Wow. Welcome, wow. baby. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you product for having me, guys. This is the product photography person is yeah. here. <laughs> the best product photography person I know. I've, I've ever, I know, personally. It might be the only photography person <laughs> I know. It's hilarious. So you guys know each other longer than I've known Evan. Dude, yeah. it's, it's, a, you guys it's been an interesting, it's a wild story, honestly. journey. It's, how long has it been now since I've known you? Like, it's got to be like seven, six, seven, six, seven, seven years. years, eight, no, six, seven years. Yeah. So you were you were taking an MBA program yep. at the University of Oregon. Yep. I was a freshman. Oh shit! And it just came back to me how like we found each other yep. too. Yep, yep, yep. So we were both big gym bros. Oh yeah, huge oh. gym bros. I know you can't tell the sweatshirt. Yeah, on right yeah. You now. can't. Say, you can't tell you what's, your, what's, under your, the, what's under what the what's under the hood? pump cover. The pump cover. The yeah. pump cover. That's what it is. You got to wait till you get a little bit of pump before you take that off. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You can't tell what's under the hood, but uh, Evan is fucking jacked. Not anymore. I hit the dad bod. We'll We'll get to that later. But we work all the time, so it like it took over. We had to sacrifice. You couldn't stay in the gym for three hours every day. No, no, it takes a lot to build up those those Greek god bods. (laughs) But yeah, like what you were saying. I mean, well, it wasn't even like in the gym that we met each other. No, it was through social, right? Through Instagram. So the way I remember it, it was like. I was trying to build up the social following of that brand I was trying to start. Mm, Valen. Valen, exactly. Mm. And then 
I remember it was on a flight home from Los Angeles back to Portland. Okay. And we were on one of the like the transferring buses or whatever. And, oh and my God, you grabbed me or you like you was. I was like standing there that's and we didn't was. know each other. Uh-huh. We had no idea who we were, mm-hmm. but I had followed you on Instagram. Mm-hmm. I followed you. Okay. And it was like I don't know why. I put, maybe I was just looking for like Oregon people okay. and I was like, oh dude, this guy's super jacked. Like, well, you know, that's that's one of those people that rep the brand. And he I remember you like stopped me uh-huh. and you're like, hey, you're that dude from Instagram. You follow me. And I was like, oh. No, I followed you though too. It was a follow yeah, back situation. It was situation. like a follow back yeah, yeah, situation. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I was like, yeah. And that's how it happened. Just like randomly. And then we met for like lunch or coffee or something I think like that. We had, I think we had lunch and I was like, tell me about this brand. And I was yep. like, I really like it. I really think it's cool. And was it a workout brand? Is yeah. that why? It was like an athlete. It was, athlete. I mean, again, dating myself. This was like back when athleisure was like on the a rise. Baby. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Child. It was on the rise. Like everybody was getting into it and. Yeah, I was starting this athleisure brand. I wanted to be a part of it. I was in the MBA program. So I was like, oh, I want to like take what I'm learning there, the marketing, business stuff, apply it to this. And then I was looking for ambassadors for the brand. And lo and behold. And so we, we had two buddies that were like a part of my little trio that we'd work out together. Okay. And, and one of them was like right. fucking massive. He was so jacked. What was his name? Max. Max. Yeah, Max, Big Max. Jack, Big Max. So we were like, we had figured out, they kicked us out of the rec a ton of times for filming in the rec center. <laughs> oh. And then and then we found like this private gym and then Evan's brand was like coming up and we were like, yo, let's go shoot at this gym. So we'd kept we kept adding people like yep. to get ambassadors yeah, oh, that's for, right. from Oregon. We had some girls. Leah, I think. No, Valerie and yep, Valerie. Uh, I remember oh Valerie. God, what was the other girl's name? I'm totally blanking right now. Oh well, whatever. But, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But that we had like a little. But we crew. kept on. We had like probably like seven, seven people, people yeah, there, something like that. That's yeah. dope. It was yeah. fun. So was that the first like business so venture you started? That was the first business venture, and that was actually my first attempt at photography and videography i hadn't really picked up a camera before then so it's only been like brayden said seven years i started right around that time and it was all out of necessity like it wasn't because i really wanted to it was because i needed someone to take photos and i was cheap as hell like i just worked for free and that was it how old were you at this point mba 23 24 no 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 i think i was like 25 Okay. Because then, yeah, you were a freshman. Mm-hmm. So that that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was probably like 25 years old. That's so interesting. I feel like we all talked about how we were like a little bit younger picking up a camera and oh, it yeah. kind of started as a hobby. Mm-hmm. And yours started out as like, a, I, I need was, a photographer, but like yeah. I don't have money to hire someone. And I mean, like, I'm not saying I was not like a creative person growing up. I was always involved with like painting, drawing, all that stuff. And I took photos just around like it wasn't but it was never like a career that i thought i was going to take sure and it was yeah like you said pure necessity i needed content for social media yeah i needed to make a little advertisements i mean i taught myself graphic design taught myself premiere taught myself photoshop everything and yeah. it all started because it came out of necessity when i was about 25 years old that's crazy that's awesome it's wild and so did you you graduated from the mba program yep. at oregon yeah okay so Somehow. talk talk me talk, <laughs> talk me through you graduated oregon yep were you thinking like, yo, I might want to be into this creative stuff? Not or are you thinking go, you're going more marketing, right? More well, of a marketing direction? More marketing thinking? direction, 100%. So the brand fizzled. My business partner and I, he was in San Francisco. I knew I was going to move back to La- down to Los Angeles. And I was like, at that point, we need to make a decision. Are we going to stay together, build this business? Or are we going to just have to dissolve it? Unfortunately, we dissolved it because it's just he wasn't going to move. I wasn't going to move. And it just made sense just to end it there. So, I mean, just like, it doesn't matter if you're a grad school graduate or a undergrad graduate, 
you have that scramble, right? You're like, oh, I need a job. I just need to get a job. Um, and I found a job at an investment firm for their marketing department. That is and, so wow. crazy to see you now to think about you in an investment firm. Oh, suit, tie, oh, really? slacks, Dude, every single Evan day. Evan looks good in a suit. I bet. <laughs> oh, let me tell you, I went to his wedding. He looks <laughs> damn good in a suit, all right? <laughs> a lot of days wearing that, suits. That maroon suit, man. Oh, dude, it was epic. I that was fire. That. Right. that was fire. Can we throw like a little photo drop oh, yeah. right here? <laughs> insert. Editor? Yeah. Me? Michael, get on that. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so that's... Because my career was... It's been all over the place. I think you, you probably know this. I don't know if you know this, Kosis, but like before even grad school, I thought I wanted to be an athletic trainer, a physical therapist. Mm. Um, and then I knew after like taking my boards exam, I was like, this isn't the life for me. It wasn't creative enough. And I thought marketing was the only true like career that for creatives because nobody else told me anything. Yeah. So I worked at an internship, got into grad school and then got a job as the marketing director for the investment firm. Gotcha. And then I would moonlight as doing like some photo here and there, video yeah. here and there. And I don't think I got my first paying job until I was like 27. Wow. 27 and a half. Maybe. That's so cool to hear because so many of the people that listen to this podcast are like 19 and yeah. they feel like they're behind. Oh, so yeah. I think it's super Dude. refreshing to see where you're at in your career right now. Take it from this old ass mother. <laughs> like you are not far. Real. If you're 19 and you're like still trying to figure out like, do I have enough time to become a creator? Do I, is it too late? Did I miss the boat? Hell no. Like not even close. And guess what? Age is just a number. It doesn't effing matter. What I love about creatives and video and photo is that it doesn't matter how old you are. What matters is how good your work is. Mm. So if your work is good and you're 40, you're going to get hired. If your work is good and you're 15, you're going to get hired. It doesn't matter. But if your work is shit, no one's going to hire you. Mm. And what's really interesting about that too is like some people might feel like they're too late in life mm. and some people might even be like yo i'm too young like someone might not oh. even take me seriously or whatever but like that's such a good point if your work is good like mm -hmm. people will people hire see you. it lead yeah. with the work this 100 don't lead with the ego don't lead with like oh i'm so and so i i've shot with this brand one time like nobody nobody cares show them the work let them see the work and yeah. then just go from there 100 so okay you're working at this mm. investment firm Doing marketing. Yeah. Good good life lessons there. I would recommend people like doing some personal finance classes mm. and things like that because even in grad school, I didn't learn any of this stuff. Yeah. So I was actually really grateful to have that opportunity, but not not for me. Sure. Pretty freaking boring. And then so when I met you, mm -hmm. we met through a mutual friend named Chris. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out Chris Avey. Shout out Chris Avey. Um oh yeah, Brady knows yeah, him too. Chris, Chris, Chris. <laughs> And we you were working here. for Wolf and Shepherd at the time, correct? Was or it, was that? It may have been. Because we met pre-pandemic. Like we met yeah. like oh, right yeah, before yeah. pandemic hit, I want to say. Was or, it? I feel like I've known you longer than that. Maybe we met like a year before. Maybe. I I, I can't honestly remember. Sure. Um, but it may have been during Wolf and Shepherd days because. So what was cool about the investment firm was that I since I was moonlighting and I wasn't getting like paid gigs or anything. And it's like one of those things where can you explain that term moonlighting? Oh, moon, I don't know what that is. Oh, moonlighting is just like, so you have your nine to five job. And so then the moon comes out cause it's nighttime. Then you're shooting at night, you're editing at night or just whatever your other job is. So like maybe it's arts and crafts or you like to make cupcakes or something like that. That's moonlighting. Gotcha. Cause you're doing after the job. Oh. Um, yeah, I think I could leave now. Like that's, yeah, that's, right. that's what I'm going to teach. Um, 
No, it, but I guess what I was trying to say before that was it's like one of those things that everything has a reason sure. and a purpose for what got, at least for me, what got me here. So I'm working at an investment firm, which is like, you wouldn't think the most creative. It's not going to really help me in my career as a photographer, videographer, but it was one of, it was the opportunity that gave me one of my best clients I've ever had. And it opened the doors to use that content to be able to get more jobs. And that was Morphe. Morphe, if you don't know Morphe, it's like one of the bigger makeup brands out there. This is when they were on the rise. And my, one of the managing partner's wife's was the, I think, VP of sales of the, of Morphe. And he was like, Hey, you do some video, right? And I was like, sometimes. And he's like, I think they need a event capture. If you're available, how much do you want to get paid? And I was like, I have no idea. I'm like hundred bucks. Yeah. And they're like, sure, you're in, you're wow. doing you're the, it. You're the I was guy. Like, All right. And then I did it. And then, yeah, it's just like led to more and more stuff. And then I got the Wolf and Shepherd. But the Wolf and Shepherd, if I'm not mistaken, was like a full time, like you were their full on creative director. That was, or? I was the content director for Wolf and Shepherd. Sure. And that was, that was when I made that first like big decision. Am I going to kind of go away from what I thought my MBA was going to take me to? Or am I really going to go full in, open the door wide open, go through it and go creative? And I made the hard decision. I was like, all right, I'm going to go and do that. And you got to mind you. I'm also driving from the valley, deep in the valley, to Santa Monica every single day. That was almost a two-hour drive That's and bad brutal. traffic. That's I crazy. also made the decision to go to El Segundo, which was another oh. 30 minutes on top yeah. of my commute just to pursue a more creative career for myself. And so what was that? What was your mindset going into that where you're like, you're obviously at this crossroads of like, do I stick with what I originally wanted to do or like... Do I take that leap of faith and like, do I go the more creative route? Like, what was your mindset going I'm, into that? I'm not going to lie. It wasn't easy. It's so, yeah. it, it's, it, if anybody out there is dealing with the same thing, it's just maybe it'll be some comfort. It's not easy. It wasn't easy for me. It's not an easy decision to go, you know what? F it. I'm going to throw away everything. I'm just going to pursue my dreams. Like, here I am. I'm checked all my boxes, right? I, you know, got decent grades in high school. I went to a decent undergrad, went to a good college or went to grad school. I'm doing everything by the book. I was working at an investment firm. And then here I am having to make this decision. Do I go after what I want to do or what I think I'm supposed to do? And I did what I wanted to do. It was lots of long conversations with my now wife, my then girlfriend. Um, but we decided, I decided like, this is the path I want to take myself on. And just went for it. That's awesome. So you work, you're working at Wolf and Shepherd mm -hmm. for how long? That was, I think a year and a half, maybe a little bit longer. And that's where I really honed like the photography, creative mm -hmm. skills, video. Um, I had been doing a lot of stuff before that. I was working with like Threadbeast and working with Morphe, like I said, and a few other, you know, odds and end brands here mm -hmm. and there. And you're getting to run campaigns, right? I remember he did like a really badass campaign with Steve Nash. Yeah, that was like my big, big like claim to fame there. I got to put on this big photo shoot, big video shoot, uh, directed it, produced it. Um, that was my first like real responsible mm -hmm. like thing instead you've, of and you've you used that content oh yeah so oh, yeah. much oh, yeah. <laughs> 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 yeah. 
<laughs> well, it was like I think there was it was it was good content, but it was like something I was so proud of. Totally, because I went into it so blind, I had yeah. no idea what I was doing. I mean, I had to permit things, I had to crew things, I had to figure out like crafty and schedule. And I remember we had this crazy homeless guy come and like yell oh, at Steve oh, Nash, yeah, yeah. and he was just like yelling at him and cursing at him. And I didn't hire security because I was like, why do we need security oh. there? And I remember being on the and I know there's a YouTube video out there of this actual event and we you just see steve nash every the whole crew of like 40 people there just like standing on venice basketball course just like frozen like what do we do this guy's just yelling obscenities at steve and you just see me just like throw down my paper and i start running at this guy and i'm just like get out of here and i like pretend to call the cops and like i had no idea what i was doing and wow. everybody gave me like a round of applause because nice. yeah it was was that your first so time? So I saved Steve Nash's life, yeah, basically. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. Shout out, Steve. <laughs> Shout out, Steve. Um, so was You're that, welcome. Yeah. Was that your first time figuring out, like, dealing with a big crew and figuring out permits oh, yeah. and all that kind of stuff? Because we talk about how, like, man, sometimes you don't know what the fuck you're doing, but you get an opportunity and you just got to You just got to yes. figure it out, yeah. man. Mm -hmm. And I, I think it goes back to, and I'm, I'm sure, Braden, you're the same way and Kostas, you're the same way and, like, how we learned this this career in mm -hmm. itself. I mean, I know you didn't go to school for it. No. Did you go to school for it? I studied radio, TV, and film and communication, but like not... I feel like there's not even a school for this though, yeah. unless you took someone's course, but yeah. that wasn't even a thing when we got into no. it. You know, like those, those good courses, like yeah. we're not like, Oh, thing. you pay like 200 bucks yeah. to get a... 20 chapter course exactly. something no, no. that didn't my exist. School, my school was YouTube. My, same, same with mine. Yeah, it was YouTube. YouTube. YouTube but University. I think that's the difference with our generation is like we figured things out like that yeah. just by searching for the answer. Um, and I think we're really good at that. And that's how I taught myself and that's how you guys taught yourself. So when we're faced with those situations where we're like, here's an opportunity that we want to do, we don't know how to do it, we're going to figure it out. Yeah. And that's just what you have to do. If you're one of those people that are going to sit back and just be like, oh, here's this cool opportunity in front of me, but I'm, I'm not ready. I don't know how to do that. You're going to miss out. You're not going to, you're not going to progress in your career. There's never going to be like the perfect time and you're never going to be like a hundred percent prepared. No. You kind of mm -hmm. just got to send it. That's production, baby. Like yeah. you're yeah. never a hundred percent prepared. Something's always bound to go wrong. That's what I was going to say. Every 100%. single shoot, something goes wrong. You got to go with the punches, right? You just got to go with Absolutely. the flow and not you know you have to have a good poker face oh yeah right? that's that's so true you have to look yeah. like you know what you're doing the whole time mm -hmm. it i want like i hate it but it's kind of true production is truly fake it till you make it and when it's just but you have to fake it well like it's mm -hmm. not just like oh yeah we're just gonna figure it out it's like you you better be figuring it out yeah. else something's gonna shit's gonna hit the fan mm -hmm. but you're right something's bound to happen that's gonna be that's gonna derail you a bit take me through you're at you're at wolf and shepherd okay pandemic hits like a freight oh, train shoot, man. okay i want to know what's going through your mind and it hits and I want you to tell that story for us if you're down to. Oh, I'm going to get real sad here. No, um, it's, I mean, I'm, I'm not unique, right? We all felt it in some way, shape or form. A lot of people felt it differently. Um, for me personally, it was, it came at a very tough time. Uh, my girlfriend and I, we had just got engaged and, or were we engaged yet? I should probably know this, but we were on the verge or getting engaged. Um, but we were buying a house and we were upgrading our lives. You know, we were, we were overextending. We were just like, we we're ready for that next level. I think I'm, 
I was pushing 30 at the time. Um, God, has it been that long during the pandemic? Wait, how old are you? I thought you were 30. No, man, I'm 32. The pandemic's been two years. That's crazy. That's fucked. Yeah. That's crazy. That's crazy. Damn. Yeah. Wild. And anyway, so it's like we're buying this house. You look great, by the way. Thanks. You dude. don't look 32. Yeah. 25. <laughs> yeah. Hell yeah. Age is just a number. Exactly. See, that's why I started with yeah. that. It all comes full circle. <laughs> it all comes full circle. And so it's like just buying a house. And here we are. We're about to move in and we're getting really excited, stressed out already. I decided I'm like, you know what? Okay, we're going to do this. And pandemic hits. And I remember I was like, I think I was on my bachelor part. There we go. So I was engaged. I just, I just figured it out. I was engaged because I was on my bachelor party when... This is production, baby. We figured it out. We figured it out, bro. I'm faking it until I make And yeah, I got let go. And the company itself, I mean, I think it went from like 20-ish people, maybe more, down to about four or five employees. Jeez. So the whole wow. company just got... Just obliterated mm-hmm. because it was dress shoes and dress shoes don't do well in a pandemic. And you can understand that nothing against them. Um, they had to do what they had to do. And it was that moment of like, oh, my God, here I am again. I checked all my boxes. What did I do wrong? And I just got let go of my job and my family. I don't think anybody in my family has ever dealt with that. Nobody's gotten fired. It felt even though it wasn't really like my fault, it just felt like I was not. I was doing something wrong. Mm. Um, and so I think I went through like at least a probably like a month of just like, woe is me. And I mean, it didn't hurt that we were getting the stipend and everything. So it like helped pay the bills. But I, I remember being pretty depressed after that because like here I made this jump from a fairly, you know, comfortable job in the investment world. And it was sustainable. They, if, they didn't let anybody go, so I wouldn't have lost my job at that moment. But I made the jump to a creative moment or a creative career, and then I got let go. And then that's when I started picking up the phone, <clears throat> picked up my camera, and I went outside and shot in my garage. And it it honestly changed my life. And I mean, I can talk all day about that. But well, yeah, no, yeah. yeah. I want to hear about. So <laughs> you know, when when did you download TikTok, and what oh. did you what did you think of it when you downloaded it? Right, because like it's it's come such a long way. And I remember before the pandemic, like I had like a silly funny account, right? Mm-hmm. And I mm-hmm. was like, you remember my silly little character guy? Yep. But but that account, right? I would try and post my videos, and I didn't understand that you had to make content for said app at yep. the time, right? Yeah, I was yeah. just like posting a sick edit, and I was like, why the fuck is my sick edit not going off? Like, yeah. why are these silly videos of me? <laughs> making a, a, a silly putting a headband thing on why is that going viral and why are my sick videos not going viral no. so take me through what's going through your mind you download the app like what what's so happening i think i i was actually really lucky when i downloaded the app and i think chris told me about it and he was like chris, he was just like evan yo man you gotta you gotta get <laughs> it's a great chris it's a great chris dude effect. you really gotta get on this and i was like ah no man i don't like i don't post on instagram i i think i had like you're like chris i'm not a fucking influencer. i'm not an like, influencer yeah. like you and you know chris has got his big hair and, oh man no you gotta do it you gotta do it just try it's it man post all your videos it's content <laughs> just you do you kill it and i was like all right so just basically to shut his ass up mm-hmm. i download the app and um, I wasn't really even posting on Instagram at that time. The brand, the brand didn't like me posting on Instagram that I was working for because they didn't want it to make it look like I was working for all these other brands. Um, oh. Even though I didn't have like a non-compete or anything like that, they just didn't like that. Sure. Mm. Um, like I remember one time I posted a, a photo on my Instagram account 
of like on my story and it was because it was Chris and a couple other of our buddies doing they did a shoot for like cuts or something like that or Roan they called me into the office and they're like did you shoot this and I was like no these are my friends I was just like promoting them and saying like how great it was that they were doing it and they're like oh well if you're gonna shoot things you need to let us know I was like but I didn't so but that was the mentality there Mm. so TikTok was an escape because nobody had TikTok at my job so, so you're like, like I can I can post whatever and like, I can no post one's whatever. See it no one's gonna, yeah, no and one's I had all this behind the scenes content from all my lifestyle shoots. I hadn't really done product yet, mm. but I used all the backlog that I had, and I just said, "F it." Um, I did these shit ass like really quick cuts of behind the scenes, revealed the final photo or video that I did, and I think my first video it didn't do very much, and it was like maybe a hundred views, two hundred views. And then I think two or three days later, Chris and I were together. Man, Chris is just getting so many shout outs in this. Uh, we were together and we opened up my phone. We were having Tito's tacos. And I remember this and I was just like, dude, it hit 100,000 views. And to me then, like that was insane. Yeah. Nothing yeah. nothing on any of my platforms had mm-hmm. ever hit something like that. And so I was like, there's something to this TikTok game. Um, then I started really investing into it. And then I remember I hit like a thousand followers and then 5,000 and then 10,000, 20, 30. And then I think I even, I remember texting you. I was like, dude, I just crossed a hundred thousand. Yeah. Like, well, this is crazy. I was blown away at how consistent you were with it. You That's literally were like, you didn't miss a day. And I also remember we were shooting something, um, at my mom's condo and you made the joke. You're like, open up your app. You're like, ah, plus 99 notifications again. Like, <laughs> 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 You're always looking for that plus eight yeah, nine because yeah. it stops it right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but so um, funny. I forgot about that. But you were uh, you really like went all in on TikTok and yeah, like you said, it kind of like changed your it, life. And it it goes back to what you said. It was all about consistency yeah. and kind of what you said too. It's like when if you on at least on TikTok for what I was seeing too was those high end premium edits that you would spend time. You sound mm. design, you color grade. It would look so good. Like it just doesn't perform on there. It was the iPhone videos that were doing the best. And that's what I focused on. And then I'd show the reveal to keep people around and consistency. I think in the beginning I was posting like two or three times a day and I did it for like almost a year straight. And, but it was because I had so much backlog Mm -hmm. and you also had a lot of time and I had a lot of time. And so following and when I got fired and it was just like sitting around the house, that's when I, couldn't do my lifestyle stuff anymore because I did primarily all lifestyle video photos. And I was like, I can't get a hold of models. I can't go outside and shoot. We're all in this lockdown. What can I do? And I was like, I can shoot product. And I'd done a little bit at Wolf and Shepherd, and I wasn't making any money. So it had to be cheap. Um, I remember the first one I did was I think Kit Kat. And it was because I, I, walked, the Kit Kat I walked down the aisle of like uh, Ralph's or something like that, 99 cent Kit Kat. I just grabbed it and then I took it home with some chocolate milk and I just made this little video and boom, went off. And I was like, all right, I'll, let me try that again. Did something with a strawberry. I was like, that hit. All right, let's do it again. I had a toy car and I was like, I did this light painting thing I and I just started crazy. to keep on doing things. And then I think the big turning moment was White Claw. That was the big oh, one. Oh, White Claw 8. And then you ended up working with White Claw. Then I ended Claw. up working with White Claw. I helped you shoot something for White Claw. Yeah, you I did. also helped yeah. you shoot something for White Claw. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out White Claw. Shout out White Claw. Yeah, yeah sponsor 505, please. Yeah, right. <laughs> That's crazy, dude. So, I mean, it was just such a... Fa- How fast did that all happen for you? Until like someone actually saw it and you got like an email and you're like, 
wait, I'm getting an email you know, from a real brand. It know? was it was a little bit. I think the actual first one that reached out because of TikTok, and it, you're not going to know the name of the brand, but it was Nuno's Greek Yogurt. And But it was the first one. And I think I did a photo of Anissa holding it, and it was like blueberries raining down on top of it. Mm. And that was the very first one that hired me for TikTok specifically. Wow. And they're like, we'll pay you X amount of dollars just to do this one video. I was like, damn, okay. I had nothing else going on. Like, of course I'm going to do this. Uh-huh. Um, that one did well. Uh, but it was, I think White Claw was definitely the first one. And that was just because I was hanging out with a buddy of mine at at the house. He, he didn't have work. I didn't have work. We were drinking White Claws. And I was like, hey, you want to go? Up. I was like, you want to go shoot something right now? He was like, okay. He didn't know what he was getting himself into. And like, we didn't have anything around us. I had, I didn't have my nice lights I have now. I had a camera. I think I had some crappy GVX like LED lights that were probably a $200 kit off Amazon. And uh, I we were hung cherries from a sink grate that we just took out and put it on these like little shit plastic stands. No, not expensive equipment. Is this the one that you like flip up and made? Oh no. Oh, that's something else. Um, but you know, like the grates in your sink that like separate your dishes from touching the bottom Mm -hmm. of it. So it was one of those. And I just like duct taped it and then hung cherries from it. Gotcha. And then I made him stand on either side of the white claw and we took like 20 photos of just throwing water at it. And then I took that photo and this is, this was a little bit more of like a, here, let me teach you young kids. LinkedIn isn't dead. You should probably still keep on it. It's, I took that photo after it had, I mean, it kind of went viral. It hit like 2 million views or something like that. And I was like, White Claw needs to see this. So I took that photo and I went on LinkedIn and I searched White Claw and I went down the employee list and I found every single person that was like brand manager, social Mm -hmm. media, anything that related to that. And I sent it to them with an email separate emails and just directly sent it to them on LinkedIn. Nothing went for, like I didn't hear anything back from a while. And then finally one person hit me back up and said, hey, we saw this. We were trying to figure out how to get in touch with you. So happy you reached out. Let's get you in touch with our agency. It's amazing. Led to that and then got to actually shoot for White Claw. You can't wait for the opportunity. Yeah, you gotta go, go you gotta go after it. And I think that's like the, one of the best learning experiences that I had when the pandemic hit was because I was, my back was up against the wall. There was no other options than just to try and do something. And I think there's a lesson in that for anything people are doing. If you don't try, you're not going to know. You just have to try and go for it. Else you're going to be stuck in the same situation. The worst thing that can happen is they say no, especially in a creative field like ours. We're going to hear no's all the time, but it only takes one to really change our lives. And I'm sure comparing the shoot you did, your first product shoot with the TikTok, compared to like what you've done oh. now, how much, how exponentially better yeah. and how much you've learned along oh, the way, I'm sure. All those little tricks of, the, you've there's done little things with yeah. product photography, yeah. I'm sure that you just like don't think about. Yeah, yeah. I mean. Could you give it, us one, give us one little one, one little one that you can think of. Oh, okay, well let's talk about freezing, uh, like freezing motion in camera. Okay. Something that I thought in the very beginning was shutter speed was gonna be the ruler of freezing stuff in camera. It was gonna crank your shutter speed. Let's go to 2,500. Exactly what I would think. FPS, whatever yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. Um, as fast as you can, pump as much light in there. That's not, that's not what helps. It's not really? it. You want to freeze it with strobes. Now, the, mind you, you need to have strobes for this one. Make your shutter speed actually maybe like 180, 200, really slow. And then you have your shutter or your light source. It just needs a quick flash, not high power. 
you have it low because it's all about that recycle speed in your flash because all your camera is going to pick up is that burst of light and then it's gone. So the quicker that burst of light and your camera can capture that, the maybe I'm losing you guys on this. No, 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 you got me. Yeah, but yeah. It, it's that will freeze so much wow. better than if you try and just crank shutter speed so up. Like one over 2,500. 2,500, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One over 2,500, it will freeze it much, much better. And I have like, I have a photo coming out for OnePlus, the cell phone here pretty soon that I did this technique on. And the water droplets are crystal. Like you would have thought that is either Photoshopped or it was like painted on there or whatever, but it is just crystal clear and it is just sharp. And that's one of those tricks of the trade that you just learn as you go. And I mean, there's other lighting Mm -hmm. techniques and everything that you have to teach yourself, but I mean, you're not gonna learn unless you just do it and try and trial and error and over and over again. Mm -hmm. How much of the final image that you produce Mm -hmm. is in camera versus like you create something in Photoshop? Well, it kind of depends. It's for like the white claw shoot for a lot of the water splashing ones. Those are composites. So they might be, it's all images I caught in camera, but I'm piecing them together because I mean, water or just any like material powder, whatever it might be. It's, I mean, you can't tame it. You don't know where it's going to go. It's going to go all over the place. And that's why those types of photos, they take a lot of patience and you just got to keep on trying and keep on taking photos and see which one is good. Um, Yeah. That type of photography isn't for people that just are short on time and have no patience. Yeah. I'm sure you just spend hours Hours. in your... And oh, just making a mess everywhere. (laughs) Like I did this truff shoot and we were shooting, throwing truff hot sauce all over the garage. My my garage smelled like truffle like old truffles for at least two weeks and i looked like i murdered somebody in my garage because i put down a plastic tarp thank god else it would have stained everything but uh, i mean yeah you can look on my instagram you'll see just like puddles of red sauce like we threw gallons all over the place just to get one shot just get one shot one photo hell yeah took me 12 hours almost insane tell me a little bit about you know you go you go to business school right Mm -hmm. And now you actually own a full-on business. You went from working in an investment firm to mm-hmm. then working at Wolf and Shepherd, and now you own a full-on business with employees. Mm-hmm. You know, talk to me a little bit about what you've learned because I'm assuming, I'm assuming you've learned so much more from actually running a business and oh, yeah. doing it now than you did in school. So talk to us a little bit about that. I mean, I'm not ever gonna talk negative about, For okay, sure. maybe I will. Um, oh, I mean, the go. education system, like, yes, it, it, it has its place mm-hmm. and it did teach me good strategical thinking and being able to problem solve well, because that's all grad school was. It was problem solving. You're, get, you're faced with a case and then you got to figure out what's the best way for you to get out of that situation or come up with a new marketing campaign. I mean, there's some financial stuff, but I'm not a finance guy. I knew I wasn't going to be a finance guy. So I don't, I'm no, I'm not going to use these equations and Mm. things like that in actual real life scenarios. Now owning your own business is the best way to have to, you have to learn everything. It's like that permit situation we were talking about Mm. where it's like, I had no idea how to make, do a permit. No one taught me how to do it. You just got to figure it out. And that's the same with owning a business. Now I know how to get a permit and now I know how to run for the most part. I'm still learning a business, a photography agency basically. And it's, it doesn't come easy, but you just have to try and learn. And Mm -hmm. yeah, you're going to, 
you're going to fuck up. Yeah. 100%. I think that's part of being a creative though, right? Like how many times do you try something with your product photography? All the time. That's what I mean, right? Like, and same with the video. It's like, you're always trying something and you F it up and then you try it again. Yeah. And it's the same thing with business, right? It's the same thing with all that stuff. Like you're always trying and just pushing for That's the only thing you can do. I mean, I think that's such a good analogy, especially with what we're talking about with photo and everything. It's like, think about you going to a photo shoot. How many photos do you take? Yeah. Like, you, you take it depending on it. You could take a thousand, five thousand photos for a one day shoot and you end up using four. Like that is just like the perfect analogy. You're going to do all those trials and errors. And then those four are going to be the ones that hit or those successes in your career are going to be the ones that take you to the next level. Definitely. And the client in my head, I'm like, man, like, Thank God I got these like five <laughs> photos because if they were to see all the other photos, <laughs> like, hey, uh, yeah, that's that's the like truth you, right you there. You give the deliverables like, man, you crush this. You crush like, it. Like, oh, you well, should. Have you just see all the ones that are, like the eyes are like this, <laughs> <laughs> and it's just like they're weird like <laughs> positions. So oh, true. Yeah. Oh man, those are pretty funny. So, do you have advice for someone who has the mindset of you know maybe they are doing freelance right now, but have you know, a, a vision of creating something bigger, a full on company. Or they're doing employees. the moonlighting thing, you know, because that's a lot of people. A lot yeah. of people have to do the nine to five. That's like most, I feel like most creatives do the nine to five mm-hmm. and then they do the moonlighting thing and then they eventually take that leap of faith and totally. transition into it. You know, I think it it's tough because I actually probably will say that I'm more on the conservative side than most people. Like you'll have people on this podcast 100% that will be like, just go after your dream. Mm-hmm. Just do it. You have to try. You have to do all these things. And um, this is what you're meant to do. So F everything else and just go for it. Drop everything you're doing. And I don't believe that. I, I actually think that there should, if you're able to, have a little bit of security. And that's my conservative side speaking. Maybe that's because of how I was raised. Like that's the whole reason I went to school, even though I didn't use my degree like directly. It was I wanted security for myself and now obviously for like my family. And that's how I approach things. It's because I'm going to go after what I want, but I'm not going to do it recklessly. Mm -hmm. Um, So that would be my advice to anybody that's moonlighting right now. There did come a time in my Wolf and and Shepherd career where my moonlight, because I was still moonlighting at Wolf and Shepherd, I was making more than my salary. And that was when I decided like, this is a possibility. Now the pandemic gave me the kick in my ass that I needed just to make it happen. But that was on my transition anyways, where I was like, I'm ready to take this on. This makes sense in my career. But I wouldn't, in my opinion, I wouldn't throw away everything just because you have a dream. Dreams are good, but have a little bit of security. I think that's fair. Yeah, that's super fair. I totally agree with you. I think that it's really important to to, to like save your money and have like three or four months of bills saved up to where if you do go out and you're like, I'm going to, because so many times I get those DMs where kids are like, I want to move to LA. I'm like, you're coming to the fucking hotspot. Yeah. Everyone's good here. There's a lot of, there's work, but there's 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 a lot of us here, man. There's a lot of insanely, all the good people are here or in New York, you know? Mm -hmm. So it's like, you're coming to like a hotspot where if you don't have stuff set up, you better be prepared to be like punched in the face a little bit and like have your money saved up it's a grind yeah 100 percent. and that's such a hard part about being a creative is mm-hmm. like the inconsistency of being like yo i don't you know where a, my next exactly. check is coming yeah, yeah, from totally and i think a key for being a creative and having that security is retainer clients if you can lock in mm-hmm. one or two people that you're like hey i have a, a three to six month contract maybe a full year contract yeah. where i know i can rely on this money 
And that gives you a little bit more security if you're transitioning mm-hmm. from like a nine to five. For sure. And I feel like you have good, reti- like you've been good at that. You've been able to like get those retainer clients. Cause that's actually something that in my career, I really never had, like I might've worked with them consistently, but it was sure. never a quote unquote retainer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, um, yeah, I feel like I got pretty lucky specifically through the pandemic. There was, yeah. I had one specific retainer client. I knew I was going to get like brand deals here and there, but also when the pandemic hit, I was like, I, don't, I feel like brands are going to pull back on their marketing budget. You never know. Yeah. Um, I was working with a, um, a real estate agent and he kept me through the entire pandemic and I still work with him today. And like, I'm so grateful for that mm-hmm. because that allowed me to have the consistent income that I knew I could rely on. And then a few like longer term brand deal partnerships came about and I was like, I knew I was going to make enough money to, to be able to like move out of my mom's spot and move in here and then once I moved out, we've talked about this on the podcast, but like when I did make that leap of faith, yeah, so many more doors open. Mm. And like, I feel like I've grown so much and we talk about this all the time, like moving out and taking that leap with the like security of knowing like, hey, yeah. I'm going to have enough to like live, to live. rent. Yep. Yeah. Some months have been harder than others, but sure. making that leap, man, is sometimes so necessary to like, kind of like you said, it's like a kick in the butt. You're like, you have no other choice. Mm-hmm. Your yeah. back's up against the wall. Like, what are you going to do? Exactly. When it comes down to it, it's just like, I think the best results come out of people that it comes out of a necessity. It's yeah. not even like a, oh, that would be nice if I worked for them. That'd be nice if I got that opportunity. It's just like, I need that opportunity. I need to have it. Because if I don't, I'm not going to pay my rent next month. Yeah. And it's, that's the freelance life for sure. How often now do you, do you even, cause like, okay, do you shoot for fun? Out of curiosity, rarely. How often do we realistically shoot for fun? Maybe once a week. If I, went, that. I went to Palm Springs like two or three weeks ago. Must be nice. Just to go shoot <laughs> like a day. I went okay. with my buddy Josh and Arthur. Oh yeah. I remember when you went there. And I just, we're like, yo, let's just go take photos of like mid-century modern homes and like just go explore, take some film photos. And I was like, man, I haven't done this in a really long time. Yeah. I rarely get to shoot for fun. Do I, you get to shoot for fun? It's rare, man. Like, I really try to get out there and do something, but yeah, it's not very often that I get the chance. And now, are you making your TikToks or do you have an editor now that's making I those? still do it, man. So you're making the talks every day. I wish I was more consistent on TikTok. Mm-hmm it's actually transitioned more to Instagram now. Okay. So I've put more focus on Instagram and I, I there's a good place for both, mm-hmm. but TikTok was great to get me off the floor into social media, but I still see a huge traction from brands from Instagram. It's almost like TikTok world. It's like a, it's still like the little stepbrother to the social media giant, which is Instagram mm-hmm. where you like your follower count on TikTok versus Instagram you could have half a million followers on TikTok, fair. but if you have a hundred thousand on Instagram, it actually has more clout. One hundred percent. And I think that's because of how long the organic growth has gone, and the organic growth isn't the same like it was on TikTok in the very beginning. So that's why I think I've transitioned more onto the Instagram side to be a little bit more professional. So it, it's hard to. Sp- spend enough time on both platforms. Mm. I even tried YouTube, but shit, that's hard. YouTube is so hard. We the were, fact we that you talking. even have been cranking yeah. out YouTube you've been, videos. Yeah, you've been doing what? Like once every... Uh, I try once a month. I try I was, I tried to make a deal a with bitch. myself to do once a week and I like that lasted one week. <laughs> yeah, yeah, dude. But shorts, like I did 
Shorts? I did shorts do shorts. Have been working solid for you. You know, I've I've done shorts. You know, I got to deal with YouTube for a while, and we were doing shorts together because um, they were really pushing their platform. Mm-hmm. Um, so I do think there's a lot of space to grow with shorts because it does help your following. Mm-hmm. That's also another thing I wanted to touch on is mm-hmm. you for a really long time were running a business and doing photography just as like a photographer and doing video. Now, because you've grown a following on Instagram and TikTok, you've stepped into that influencer side. So how's that been? It it's not a. It sounds way different when you put on both ears here. Um, <laughs> oh, you were yeah, doing, yeah. I was doing the one ear. I thought I was like, one. that's really cool. And then I put the both ears on. I was like, oh, damn. Oh, I can really in. hear myself yeah. on this one. Um, sorry. Yeah, stepping into the influencer world, I, it kind of goes back to the story that we were talking about earlier. It's like, I'm not an influencer. I never looked at myself as an influencer, but I'm not going to lie. It's kind of nice being an influencer. Yeah. <laughs> that bread is kind of nice. But it's just, it, I, I shouldn't say that. It's more of like, there's different avenues for, you know, my career. So, and your business, right? And the it's, business. A whole, it's a whole nother It's a whole thing. nother yeah. pillar. And that's how I kind of view it. As long as my quote unquote influencer platform or influencer pillar doesn't interfere with my professional goals because that to me is number one. Influencer, whether you want to call it that or not, or just having a following is probably Content better. creator. Content creator. Social media, whatever. I, it's secondary to what I want to accomplish, which is creating an agency that's able to fuel creativity for new content creators coming up that I'm able to utilize and make amazing, amazing content for different brands. And that's the goal. And I want to create a space for that. And that's the, that's the future. Now, as long as the pillar of my social media following doesn't interfere with that, I will still pursue it. And it's a great, nice to have. I'm happy to do like the giveaways and I get to work with some really awesome people, super creative people. I'm now working with B&H. I've been working with Sony. So mm-hmm. um, I work with Aperture. Um, you know, so I'm working with these different brands that help, again, the equipment that they offer, the access that I have to it, I can take that and put it into my actual professional goals so it actually aids into what I'm doing. And it it just works with your brand. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? It's not like you're promoting something that has nothing. Like your brand on social media is the fact that you do photography and And video. video. I feel like you definitely lean more towards the photography side of stuff on social. Now it's definitely gone more for photo, for sure. Still do quite a bit of video, but what I share the most of is definitely photo. But you're integrating, you're working with these brands on the influencer side of stuff, Mm -hmm. brands that you actually use like within your business, you use aperture lights, you shoot on Sony cameras. Like, and, and it's really nice too, because it puts me in a very interesting space where, and there's a few other creators out there that are similar to me that I think, and it puts us in this space where we can create great content, but we can also be a good marketing tool for them. And I think that's another added value that not many people can offer. And I think brands see that and they like that. So for me personally, it's awesome when I find brands, especially smaller startups like Chubby's. Um, Chubby's Organics was awesome. They came to me. I knew them through a mutual friend. And they're like, we want to make some content with you. And I just really like their product and I want to help promote it. So I can do that on two fronts with them. So, you know, maybe maybe the budgets aren't huge, but I get to work really closely with a up-and-coming brand and we'll see, I can help them grow and be with them very long term. Mm. That's dope. You get to build those relationships. Build those relationships. That's another big thing. Mm. I think any brand that is looking to do like influencer marketing, I've done 
one-off deals. I've done partnerships that are like long-term. I think anytime you can work with one creator on a consistent basis and have them introduce their your brand to their audience multiple touches, mm-hmm. that's just like the most effective. Especially when it's organic. Exactly. Because you know? there's... People are smart nowadays. Yeah. Like, so they're not going to get fooled by the social media ads. Yeah. They're not going to just be like, like, hey, I'm in the morning taking yep. my vitamins yep, or something. Yep, it's yep. just like it, nobody's buying it. They'll swipe right past it. But if you can integrate it, yeah. and you actually use it too, and yeah. you actually use it, and yeah. it's, it doesn't become like a salesy thing. And it's just like, oh, you like you like this the setup. We're using Aperture Lights. Shout out Aperture. Let's get this podcast sponsored. Yeah, we could use another 300. Yeah, we needed that. Maybe 600. It's like you could have it in the background and they see it. It's just like you're just using it. And that's the equipment that you know is reliable and it just makes sense that way. I think that was an incredible podcast. You absolutely crushed that, Evan. I uh, just want to say thank you for coming on to the pod. Dude, I am so happy to be here. I think there's so much value that they're going to get from this pod. Yeah, seriously. And I'm just really happy that you got to tell your story because it's so interesting and it's so cool to hear how you went from working at a financial firm to then going you know doing the creative thing and now you're running a full-on production company it's fucking awesome and we're where, just hyped to have you here man where can people find you yeah you can find me on instagram and tiktok evan underscore naka uh and then you can find the professional website www.nakastudios.com beautiful Ladies and YouTube, Evan and Naka. <laughs> where I upload sometimes. <laughs> yeah, where I upload, kind of. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for tuning in to another episode of the 505 Podcast. If you're still here, make sure to take a screenshot, tag Evan, and tag the boys, not Chase this time. And yes. we will see you guys all next week. Peace. Peace. Later.